0: A lot of marketers are not actually understanding that there's there's this huge opportunity to create content that people actually want, that you can really own someone by their ears. Welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media, and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. For the last few years, Josh Butt and Michelle Lomas at Ample have regularly been in touch about working with me on my podcast. But then, of course, COVID happened and it all went remote is the media of the moment. We wanted to do something that shows why audio's suddenly appealing to everyone. The audience has grown, brands are spending more money in it, people know it's working, and there's still a lack of clarity as to how it works and why. You've probably noticed that we've been on hiatus for a few weeks, and so we're kicking off coming back with three very special episodes, and we've asked the team at Ample...
1: Ample. Hear, yeah. hear. thing on? Yeah, that's one. Don't touch
0: that. To produce a podcast for us. Not sure what they're going to do, but I'll start by handing it over to Josh Butt, the founder and executive producer of Ample, so take it away. Thanks. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to produce
1: this special audio series for you and, and your listeners. Um, we took the challenge to do something a little bit special. What I'd love to do with you on your show is essentially take people through a bit of a history of audio, some great advertising some jingles, audio logos, some ways of working with music. And then I'd like to create a music library for you and play you that to get your perspective of, if you like it and want to use it. And then an audio logo for you and see what you think and see if that's the kind of thing you want to use. Okay. How does that sound? Yep. Sounds great. I've been obsessed with audio my whole life and I've been obsessed with media and TV and film, and I'm not that unique. When I created Ample, I wanted to always strive to do something at a creative level that is different, even if it's just for different sakes, you know, just to stand out, I guess, and try something. I don't mind if people don't like it, but I just want to have tried it.
0: Well, uh, Josh, it is that type of medium, isn't it, in that audio allows you to do things that are
1: quite different. And you can poke fun and you can enjoy it, but you can turn it dramatic really quickly. Sketch comedy works so well in audio because it's cheap, um, and but it doesn't feel cheap.
0: 3D Radio. People, by simply using the
1: balance button... My favourite comedians on, on radio, Tony Martin and Mick Malloy, and I just love the way they set the scene wherever they are when they did a sketch. Hang on a sec, did I hear what I Barty thought pads. I heard? Nipple. Hey Mick, did I just hear you say Crichton Brown? Uh, yeah. You know that word's been outlawed before 6 o'clock? Sorry. There could be kiddies listening. Sorry Tone. Come on, bend over. (laughs) Okay.
0: No! Look, and that is classic (laughs) use of audio. What is your experience with audio in advertising? Okay, so my experience as a copywriter was that there was incredible freedom. When you got a radio script, you were pretty much the only person involved in writing the script uh, you'd then work with someone to produce and record it and it was all your own work within reason of getting the client's approval you could do all sorts of things whereas when you worked on tv or any of the other media because the budgets were bigger and everyone wanted to be in it suddenly your voice was being drowned out by everyone else's opinions about what it should be radio was a, a great opportunity but it required you to really engage the audience i did some work with mushroom there was a guy carl who used to say to me, the thing about music is that you don't realise it but it's the soundtrack to your life. Hmm. And when you hear a certain track, it will take you back to that point in time. And I think it's because when we hear something as opposed to seeing it Mm -hmm. that we we seem to associate visual memories with it. When you hear certain sounds you immediately lay that down, not just as an audio memory, but it'll go down with an emotion and imagery that then becomes such a rich memory for you. And I think that's why audio works so well. I couldn't agree more. I think the the fact that you take away
1: your eyes allows your brain to process it in such a different way and to connect dots that you're not even listening to because your ears are always open. Like when someone says, well, I'm really not happy, and you go,
0: but, but, see, that's a piece of audio that's associated with an image, mm. right? That woman squeezing her little f- face out of the window, shouting that across uh, across the car park. Mm. Whereas I think audio is where it doesn't have that imagery associated with it, mm. you create imagery. Mm. I, years ago I had a, a girlfriend who broke up with me by telling me which track on the ABBA Arrival album... <laughs> To listen to because that's how she was feeling and Mm -hmm. it was knowing me, knowing you. Now, I can't remember anything about the the music video clip but I do have lots of imagery of that relationship that's associated with it and that's become the memory for me. We lived in Toronto as kids and the door in our
1: car would speak and it would say... A door is ajar. And so that's my first, I think that's my first sound memory. What I decided to do was find out what the very first bit of audio was that was ever recorded. Amazingly, it was recorded via an oil lamp. Yeah, it's a, a that's French blah. inventor, a French inventor, Edward Leon Scott de Martinville, etched visual sound waves onto paper covered in soot and smoke from a Burning oil lamp via a device called a phonautograph. Right. Phonautograph. From April 1860, that sound wow. was. 17 years before Edison. 1888, Arthur Sullivan etched music on a phonograph. Not bad. Uh, so Arthur Sullivan was quoted as saying, I am astonished and somewhat terrified at the wonderful power you have developed and terrified at the thought that so much hideous and bad music may be put on record forever. If only he knew what would come with radio advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! While we're here doing the history of sound, the first indigenous corroboree from 1901: Wow. Cylinder recordings from Central Australia by Spencer and Gillan and the Indigenous
0: communities that were there. Josh, I was just thinking that the actual methodology for recording it adds to your feelings about the recording. You know, the fact that you hear the circular rotation of, of that cylinder and the clunk clunk, clunk, uh, immediately makes you go, well, this is really old. And you start to imagine trying to record that in central Australia with a wax-based cylinder mm-hmm. in potentially 30-plus degree heat. at and actually set up the first US-based radio stations that
1: were for profit, and uh, WEAF Radio New York was the first one that was there just for money. So NPR actually did a documentary about this.
0: A modern miracle of technology with one problem. Nobody knew how to make it pay. Well, that was radio in 1922.
1: So I think that's really interesting mm. that they didn't know how to make it pay and podcasting has just kind of figured it out. Do you want to hear what the first ad sounded like? They, they loved it. Which was, you would not be surprised, uh, property ad. Friends, you owe it to yourself and your family to leave the congested city and enjoy what nature intended you to enjoy. Visit our new apartment homes in Hawthorne Court, Jackson Heights,
0: Nothing's changed. (laughs) And and you say that, but it's true, you know, because even for Silicon Valley, the only model that they could come up with to commercialise a customer's attention is more advertising. Mm. It's just that they've overcome the time issue because they've reduced it down to fractions of seconds Mm. can be bought now. What we're really doing now and why the whole industry conversation is now around engagement Mm. is because we've realised that there's unlimited broadcast time Mm. but there's limited engagement time and that's what we're competing for and and this is why content that goes around the ads has Mm. become so important because the cost is them giving up time, you have to pay them by giving them something rewarding. That's right, and so there are also cheats
1: to connect with that listener in a way they don't have to think about it. You can play a couple of little sounds and instantly represent your brand. So this is the NBC Chimes in 1933.
0: W-E-A-F, New
1: York. ABC radio news theme Mm -hmm. being recorded from 1943. (laughs) I mean, kinda sounds the same.
0: It it reminds me of the 7pm news, you know, at home, and it was like literally that was the sound that said, kids, shut up, Dad wants to watch the news.
1: (laughs) I mean, I still hear the variation on that theme, Triple J's news, one is a variation, which is
0: pretty cool. I was going to say the J's, they play with that to actually make it
1: contemporary. And, you know, at that time, War of the Worlds changed people's perception of what was possible because of the first radio play that had such a scary, mm. serious topic, but they had that first half of the show was done in newsreel form. So if you missed the opening saying this is a play, Orson Welles and the Mercury Theatre on the air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. A slight atmospheric disturbance of undetermined origin is reported over Nova Scotia. Which is what happened. Because everything,
0: you know, because it was always scheduled, you would think it was real. Well, you know, the whole thing about soap operas came from radio plays. It was the Unilevers of the world who realised that it wasn't just enough to have your ads sitting around the content Mm. to actually be able to put it into the content itself.
1: That's a great environment for brands to play, particularly FMCG, Just pay for great shows and then have a great ad in the middle. But one of the things that I loved in all my research was that I didn't know that Graham Kennedy was involved in the establishment of Today FM. I didn't know that either. Graham Kennedy and John Laws. Now I kind of get why Australian radio was so much fun in the 80s in the commercial space because you had funny people. Fun people getting,
0: and I think radio and audio has always been the domain of fun people. I'd say one of the great things about Graham Kennedy, he had courage. You know, he would constantly push the boundaries. I think that's one of the things that leads to great. Audio and mm. great and great performances is the courage to push boundaries. My father used to recall Graham Kennedy used to do live TV ads on his show in Melbourne tonight for Ral Merton shoes, and the line he came up with: "If if your feet are hurting, you're wearing Ral Merton." Now <laughs> that brand just walked out of the store yeah. because everyone remembered it. He discovered that it's better to be memorable than to try and push a sales message you know in that era though there weren't as many choices of places
1: to go right so no, that's true so big brand advertising actually tried to be big there wasn't so much data. And there probably wasn't so many focus groups. There's
0: always been clutter. From the very earliest radio ads, you know, there was clutter. And you can be part of the wallpaper or you could stand out. And there's a couple of ways of standing out. One's pushing boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know, creatively. The other is just, you know, distinctive discipline of consistency. Mm -hmm. Like every time someone hears that piece of audio, it just reinforces that you start to know who the brand is before you've even heard the message. So there's, there's ways of cutting through the clutter. Some are safe, some are risky. There's opportunities around audio. Mm. But it's mainly focusing on the media opportunities, you know, the podcasting. And, you know, marketers have more choices than ever before. And there's two factors that are at work here. One is that they have limited resources. as either time, money or people to do everything but there's always that fear of missing out. Professor Byron Sharp talks about how brands grow. Mm. He talks about mental availability mm. and I think that'll be really interesting to explore that here when we're talking about brands. Comes from MailChimp. From MailChimp.
1: Mail came... Ch- Chip. The audio is just getting so much better. You know, it's so much more personal. There are so many songs on Spotify and Apple and audiobooks are incredible now. The Malcolm Gladwell, Paul Simon audiobook, which is a real standout for me, the money's going there now because brands recognising it, production companies, television networks, anyone who's making really understands it's a great way to find stories because you can find out what works from an audience and the tech's now
0: getting there and, you know, it's a real, it's at its moment. From a content creation point of view, it's come a long way. Yeah, I mean, there are literally um, entertainment brands that stand alone on being purely audio. There's a convenience Mm. about it. During COVID with the lockdowns, Mm. you know, there was a report about podcast listening had dropped Mm. because people had got out of the habit of when they were commuting. That was their time to Mm. just lose themselves in that favourite podcast. Mm. And I think... That's really the, the opportunity that a lot of marketers are not actually understanding, that there's there's this huge opportunity to create content that people actually want, that you can really own someone by their ears.
1: There's external marketing and then there's internal marketing and while we are talking about audio in the context of marketing, we, we are also talking about communication and I think communicating with people via sound Part of the thing I love about audio is TikTok and Instagram, and Facebook, like a lot of those platforms, as informative as they are and fun, they're often distracting. Whereas yeah. audio can be enhancing when you're going for a run or when you're doing the laundry, you know, listening to something can really
0: make it a lot better as a shared or a personal experience. It's interesting because, you know, uh, the TikTok world and, and all the other uh, social media platforms have picked up on it. They've mm. got all good, they short versions. And people go, well, that's because we don't have the attention span. And I think they're actually wrong. Mm. You know, the fact that we binge Netflix, that's why I think the short form is distracting. Mm. It's almost like I'm trying to distract you from doing anything more meaningful. Mm. You know, I'm filling in time. Whereas people, when they commit to listening to a podcast or or watching a, a TV show or a movie, that's the the most valuable thing they've actually given you is their time to do that. You asked me earlier about thoughts on audio. It's interesting how I think there's somewhere along the line the industry thought to be creative you had to be constantly different. Mm-hmm. The danger with that is that you end up, Sacrificing, building that awareness in people's minds. You know, there's that term, the uh, the earworm. Mm-hmm. You know, that works really well if you're consistent about it. But if you're constantly reinventing the earworm, then people are going to never put it all together.
1: And I love earworms, and they will never be enough, in my opinion. Uh, if I go back to jingles, right? That, that was like, why does a jingle work? Even if I don't know what it is. You can feel the Nineteen eighty
0: nine. When the silence sounds around the ground, you can feel it everywhere, and you'll be right
1: there in the action for every kick and every.
0: It's a braggy jingle
1: as the big man tried. love Melvin's obsession. <laughs> but, like, who's it for? I'd say it has to be the AFL or VFL. 3AK. Oh!
0: I mean, that's how you really so, so know So I've it. worked a lot with Mike Brady when I was working as a writer. I, I was lucky enough to get to record, re-record the Hard Yakka chat. Oh, really? Hard Yakka. And ended up working with Mike and Doug Brady Wow. Uh, and Doug, D- Doug had come off the back of doing Whispering Jack as the engineer. And, you know, we ha- they put in there all these things like Gregorian chants mm-hmm. backwards, just layers of complex audio, and totally re recorded their whole track again. You know, it was just phenomenal.
1: It's always- They, they tap into so much emotion yeah. so quickly. Mm. Moments like these in need Empties. Okay, so let's get to something that's a bit more producty. Oh, Mr. Sheen, oh, Mr. Sheen,
0: tell me, Mr. Sheen, where have you been?
1: Mrs. Sparkle, believe me, I've been on the Y Blue Sea, helping
0: clean the gear on Dave Petty. There's a saying in advertising if it's too stupid to say, sing it. Don't just get a forklift, get a a Toyota forklift. And I think that's really derogatory because, you know, Mm. all of these jingles and the lyrics stand up in their own right. I mean, you know, what's the purpose of advertising? if not to create mental availability, to have people have your brand at top of mind when they're making purchase decision, like the Mr Sheen. You know, I remember my mother would buy Mr Sheen even though it costs more than the no-name no, no name brand because it's the thing that came to mind. And Louis the Fly? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember every single word of it, but I Oh, know- I do. I'm Louis the Fly, I'm Louis <laughs> the Fly, straight from rubbish, tip to you. Spread in disease with the greatest of ease, straight from rubbish, tip to you. Thank you, Darren. That was, that was, that's, but that's, that's what that. I'm saying, mm-hmm. is that you know, imagine being able to own a part of someone's memory, mm-hmm. part of their brain, so completely. If clients
1: want ROI, it's put something into someone's head and then you don't have to pay for that anymore every time they, they sing it in the car or whatever. But, you know, you, you, all you have to do is just think about the great strategy to get it earworming so there's a repetition mm. required. But there's also like a long-term view of the brand. And I think really understanding what the brand
0: is mm. will uh, direct those those choices to be made. And look, you know, there's a uh, meme on uh, TikTok about what TV piece or what interview yep. is stuck in your head and getting free real estate? That's what this is about. This is about creating real estate. You know, meant, uh, going back to Byron Sharp, mental availability. Mm. So it's it's hard to understand why this is a whole style of advertising that is no longer, you know, sort of openly pursued. Can you name two or three recent jingles?
1: No, I can't and I struggled so I went and found one to answer this question and I actually found some great examples. There was a Steggles campaign where they made four 60-second jingles about Steggles Turkey mm-hmm. with Spotify.
0: Well, there's a bird! It's not... so 50.
1: so but when you let it in it makes
0: you strong because good.
1: And so this campaign was about Spotify partnering up for when people are, are, are listening to workout. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so, they, so that's why they were a minute long. Uh, I, I think it's really good. I didn't know what brand it was for, I didn't know what it was about, and there was a couple where I couldn't even understand the lyrics, and then then about 30 seconds or 35 seconds it just like kicks in and you're like, oh oh, I get it now. And so the first time you don't know, and then you think about the very first time you hear an, a track from your favourite artist, you don't know it, you're not familiar with it, you don't like it, but 15 plays later you're singing every single word. And I think that, that was one of the reasons why that Steggles one worked so well. I wonder if it's because 65% of the Spotify audiences subscribed, so you're not necessarily getting the same volume of ads the way you were.
0: And that is one of the trends because of technology is everyone's consuming media in their own particular way. You know, the the water cooler still works occasionally, but it, it's breaking down. So I think for a brand who's involved in podcast
1: ads in some way where they're buying them or creating sponsorships or, or being pitched them and you hear three of those ads in a row – At some point, you'll see that amazing connection that the audience has with brands in podcasting drop because there's no variety or spice. Yeah. I'm going to quickly just play something from Gimlet Media, Um, because Gimlet Media was the first big production company that was independent to make a splash. And they Alex Bloomberg made the startup podcast, and Mm -hmm. in his very first This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today. Do you want a website? Hear that music? Go to squarespace.com. That that Hmm. music is the Gimlet Media ad music. So when you heard that music, it's an Mm, ad. It was an ad. And in the very first episode, he introduces that music to you. Now, there are very few shows that I've ever heard who does that. We're going to start doing that as a business. It's a great idea. And we're going to have different themes for each show. So every show will will have its own unique one, and that's their ad music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'll be the ample ad music as well. And so anything programmatic that goes in that we're not in in charge of won't have that. Right. So 20,000 Hertz is a podcast that's obsessed with sound. I'm sure you've heard it one before. Yep. And they talked about the HBO logo. Basically, HBO has got all this different music, the most amazingly composed, fantastic theme music for their brand, and it ends with the logo. And they tried to figure out, should they or should they not change it? Mm. And so they went on a deep dive. But it was presented by Planet Money, which is one of my favourite podcasts. And the reason why is because that particular podcast can kind of be anything. So long as it's about money in some way, then it can be there. And the format is one person finds out a story and tells it to someone else. And they use great music. Mm -hmm. And they use great branding. This is Planet Money from NPR. Beautiful. You know, that makes perfect sense for that brand, right? I was thinking about great brands and their audio logos and how do they come up with them. And what's the process? Usually, this is where me or, or, or Michelle would say the exact same thing pretty much every time, which is Netflix's ta-dum. But then I was thinking there was a whole bunch of other brand logos that we hear and we don't really think about how good they are. EA Sports. It's in the game. I mean, what a logo. I couldn't believe how good that was. I was like, you yeah, totally. It sounds like a commentator. It's, it's so good. And then I went ta-dum, so magical and the original Disney one. So here are a few of the streaming ones and let's see if you can figure out who these are. Any idea? Uh, no. Neither, YouTube
0: originals. God, that film, oh. Yeah, 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 you've seen that, I, you've heard I, it. Yeah, yeah, but I can't connect it.
1: Amazon original. Ah. They're all very similar. That was um, Disney. Oh, was it? Where's. where's uh, da, na, na, like, where, yeah. You know, like. Um, what, what they could or use. the Tinkerbell. Uh, or, it's a small world, after yeah. all. Like, they could have used so many, but. Max Original. Can you hear the connection to that? Yeah, yeah. To the HBO one, though?
0: Yeah. They've fallen into the trap of they're all using that sustained note. You know, and,
1: and they're falling into the trap of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is we're not going to make any themes. Right. Because, uh, you know, John Williams captured our imagination with so many of the biggest themes of our mm-hmm. time. Same with Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, you know, lots of themes, uh, overscoring. And then there are other films and series that do the exact opposite and underdo it. So you can't, like, I can't hum you... Anything. There's a little bit from Avengers maybe I can hum you, but um, that's, I'm struggling. Yeah. But the thing that I loved about Netflix one, they used the Netflix logo in two distinct ways and then suddenly there was a third. Tadum, mm-hmm. T-U-D-U-M, is now Onomatopoeia. Yeah. They use it as the name of their blog. Like Tadum. Tadum. But then in Italy, they used it as part of their advertising. So this is a video... the phone's ringing in the middle of a train station. Wow. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So so it can come from that moment, but it can come from the opposite moment as well, which is you've found a piece of music and now you want to bring that piece of music into your logo forever. Like you love it so much. Yeah. <whistles> hmm. But they're, they're, here are the variations on a theme. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And so to the people at Toyota who stopped using da-na-na-na-na, yeah. do me a favour, please use it again. Yeah. I love that thing.
0: And look, the fact that it got to the point, you know, when they launched it, it had the, the words, you know, oh, what a feeling... And then they got to the point where they could just drop it and use the music, mm-hmm. and they, and they would integrate it into, if they had a music track that integrated into that style. And I think the big problem is that the marketers and the agency get bored. The consumer never gets bored because it just reinforces and reinforces, and the opportunity is to actually take that and make it the idea.
1: You can iterate. There's so many ways to iterate that music that you should never get bored with it. But building a music library, so if you do get a little bit bored, you go, well, let's just use the, this track. You know, I used to work at Umbrella Entertainment, which is a film distribution company, and there were eight different varieties of logos. And Madman Entertainment do the same thing as well, where they use a comedy logo for a comedy film and a horror one for a horror film. And, and, you know, you can do that as a brand because you might have different messages, different products. So one of the things that I thought about I'm not sensing that there's a common request from a brand to create a suite of music based on the business and their personality and who they
0: are. No, it's not happening. And there are so many opportunities with technology and with channels and things to actually extend these brand assets and how to extend them into different channels, different mediums, different environments. You know, this idea that audio branding, like all branding, has to be consistent collar and cuff mm. is actually wrong because the consumer is smarter as long as you've got enough resource to get a good level of exposure mm. you know you've got to establish it first and then play with it. And you've got to commit to it for a while as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It it comes with a a tiny level of risk, right? You're creating an asset that is representative of your brand, right? So the process that I go when I'm doing this is really just to ask for two things. One is a great brief. And two is uh, patience because it takes a lot longer Mm. than we always want it to take. And also we have to make mistakes, And part of what we do is go, oh, no, that's not working. We're composing something. We're creating
0: something from scratch. You know, it's not always the first idea. Sometimes it is. Well, a technique I use to present creative is to actually say to the client, I'm going to play this for you three times. That's good. Right? Because the first time they're hearing it, it's their gut reaction. Mm -hmm. They like it. They won't like it, whatever. The second time, it's becoming familiar. By the third time, if they still don't like it by the third time, there's something visceral that they could probably articulate by that stage.
1: Yeah, and, and, and gut reaction is usually to criticise something, right? Like our first reaction is oh, to... Fear. Yeah, exactly. We're scared of what, we, what it is, so we, don't, we want to say something. I don't like it. I, I recently did one for a digital skills organisation. Hmm. And so, so this is the logo that we created. Digitally Upskilling Australia. DSO. The first response was, we're not sure if the female voiceover works. And I said, of course, you know what? You don't have to figure it out. We'll just do a male one as well, because there will be a moment mm. where a male voiceover is appropriate. And so you actually need both. Mm. So let's not limit it. Digitally upskilling Australia, DSO. We use that synth track in some of the work that we're doing with them at the moment. I haven't found any use for that piano track just yet. They're two different tracks, mm-hmm. but they're part of the
0: library of music. Yeah what you're talking about is creating a sort of folder of assets that can be then applied, but at the very core of it is the sort of essence of the brand as a piece of audio.
1: Yeah, that, that that's right. And, and to try and make sure that you're taking the essence of the business, of the people, of the culture, of the motion, of the mission. Mm. Uh, and it all sounds esoteric, but actually we're moving into an age where a lot of businesses are thinking about their social responsibility and their being for a purpose. And so I think you would want to consider that in the brand. You know, I was thinking about your brand, and you really like this track which is called Quirky Dealings. I've got to be honest with you, I like it too. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to convince you to not use it, and I never got to a good enough answer of why you shouldn't be using it. But this music is a little bit off kilter. It's a little bit off. Um, its its tempo sort of changes up and down. It goes off-key a bit. It uh, uses slightly interesting instruments. But it also makes me think of a television show called Huff, which was on Showtime in uh, the late 90s with um, Hank Azaria as a psychiatrist who was getting to the cause of everyone else's problems. Also but not was, his own. But not his own. Um, and I wondered... Uh, I I don't know if you've ever thought about that connection or or you just just like the music.
0: No, no. Look, um, it was actually a film director, Phil Rich, from Two Feet Films, who I've known for decades. And he said, you know, we need a piece of music for this. And as soon as he played it, I went, I love it. And what I love about it is the fact that it is eclectic. You know, it has that sort of unpredictability about it. I'm a big fan of jazz mm. and I also, you know, it just felt right for me. And and it is quite personal. You know, I've got a company that I founded and even though it's grown beyond just being me, mm. I still see the influence my personality my my thinking my approach has on the entire company
1: and you you told me about the way in which you seek inspiration for the business and it's part of the culture and you have different yeah, archetypes yeah.
0: so instead uh, of values you know yeah. because people end up choosing words like honesty and integrity you know well why wouldn't you not be that but we chose archetypes which is the rebel the creator and the sage you know and and there's distinct reasons for each of those being there in some ways strong in their own right but when you bring the three together makes a really powerful proposition it does and it made it
1: very easy to talk to you about the music suite that i wanted to put together for you as a way for you to not have to always use the same track so quirky Dealings is that track that you've licensed I went to Melody, which is an Australian music library mm-hmm. that works closely with a lot of composers. Tech-based startup, and they're really clever. We use their library quite a bit, and so I asked them for some assistance to see what I could find that might sound a bit connected. Mm-hmm. The first one I want to so for your sage, you told me that it was Albert Einstein. Yep, and, and- Marie Curie. Right. So I said to you, I said to you that. They came from Europe, first half of the uh, 20th century, but that they were both together in Young Einstein. Mm -hmm. And that's a great era of Australian music. You know, it was one of those 10 BA films that put Australian cinema on the map. And I thought, uh, I need to go and find an Indigenous composition that had a bit of vibe Mm -hmm. about it that made me think of a different time. So it's by a composer called James Henry. (laughs)
0: love
1: it. Yeah, it's good. All right, so there's a, lot, there's a lot happening on the keyboards. And the keyboard's uh, great. But as an Australian company that's going, that's gone overseas, that's gone to the world, I felt like it has that Australian-ness to it with Indigenous
0: music, but but it fuses that with, uh, with the, the instruments, you know, the, the keyboard and the, the other instruments really yeah. well.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I'm told James is a, clearly a very creative guy who does like bringing different worlds of music mm. together, but I also like that he brings mm. the, uh, the horns and the brass to it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I thought that was one that I wanted to put on the list. Then we talked about The Rebel. Yeah. And both of us, I think, immediately thought of, you know, guitar. Heavy guitar.
0: Well, because The Rebel's about having the courage to destroy what doesn't work, you know, and so it has that sort of energy and action about it. The the Rebels also march to their own beat Mm -hmm.
1: and we talked about that and, and, you know, you told me about how your company's about being, it's a bit different.
0: Mm.
1: It has a real philosophy and I thought, well, actually you're The Rebel. That's why you started this, and I'm the rebel, I guess. Yeah. Because you've got to be a bit rebellious to start your own business and to not bra-
0: to break a mould that might have been set for you. Yeah, it's about challenging convention, you know. Mm. People will say, oh, we're setting up an agency and we're going to be different. Mm. And then you see them two or three years later and they're just exactly the same as everyone else because they've fallen into the trap of just, you know, following the wheel rut. When Nova started, their slogan was, sounds different. The Rebels, uh, Steve Jobs. Yep. And, and Hedy Lamarr. She, she was a uh, Hollywood screen star, but she had a uh, very strong scientific and engineering capability. And she came up with the alternation of waveforms mm. as a way of creating secure transmission. Her invention is the basis of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and a lot of the technology that we have today with the secure transmission of, of information. Like a pretty impressive person. Yeah. But, like,
1: then you think of the obsession that was Steve Jobs yeah. and the future vision. Yeah, they're constantly looking at how things can be different. And so so I took that and went to jazz instead of hard rock and also, I wanted to give it a little bit more flavor because I felt like Hetty, Hedy Lamar's world would have been, I don't know, a little bit, not I don't know if it was he, hedonistic's the wrong word, but just full of fun and frivolity. And so. is I've made three different logos, yep. one from Quirky Dealings, Trinity P3, yep. and two others from the other new music. Mm-hmm. What I've tried to do is insert your company name into the middle of it. Trinity P3. Trinity P3. And so I was wondering if you wanted to think about a tagline. Because improving marketing came up a bit. It might not need a tagline. No, no, I think just leave it as can 3 And part of me doesn't know if I should use one of the new tracks or just stick with Quirky Dealings because you do like that. It's got, it's so representative of your company. I keep going back to that HBO thing. Yeah. You don't need to change something. Okay. Josh,
0: I love the first one. Okay. I love Quirky Dealings. Okay. Okay. I get what Great. you were trying to show. And when I heard the three of them to show, yeah, it, 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 it I still felt like, well, Quirky Dealings is me and mm-hmm. that means it's the company. Sometimes I, change for the sake of change is no good. I don't think
1: you should change it. I think you need other music for other circumstances. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm Quirky
0: and, um... and I'm dealing.
1: <laughs> and then obviously, so we're working still on the Creator song, but I've got like I'm like 15 here I could play that I'm <laughs> that I'm liking but what I didn't want to do and you can really hear it is I didn't want to go to something standard yeah right I wanted something f- that, that that marries you know the the critical thinking that your business does on behalf of other people
0: and says we are thinkers we are doers we are different yeah and we're challenging you know, that's the other thing is that uh, I think, uh, you know, clients engage us because they want that independence. We're not selling them anything other than a new way of seeing and solving problems that they've traditionally had. Josh, they're great. Seriously. It's already moved it forward. I love it. Josh, it's, uh, it's been terrific uh, going down memory lane for me and really reinforced for me how important audio is in the way we engage and, and communicate with each other. I'm looking forward to uh, the second and third episode because second episode we're going to be looking around podcasting. You know, there is a lot of opportunity there and Mish is going to take us through... The, you know, the things that need to be considered if brands are really serious about making podcasting work to engage customers and then in the third episode we're going to be looking deeper into the numbers behind the industry and really getting the insights on how well it's working and what's working and what isn't so that we can really start to think about the opportunities that they may be missing. So look, I want to thank you. It's been a terrific conversation today. And uh, I always have a question to ask at the end of it, and that is Josh, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing?
1: Trinity P3.